The Stinkin' Truth Podcast is presented by Core Water. He spent 12 years in the NFL. You can't trust a guy that gyrates his hips after he scores. Has three Super Bowl rings, made multiple Pro Bowl appearances, over 16 years of broadcasting between ESPN and Fox Sports. And that's why I'm the greatest football player and best sports analyst ever. He's a soap opera star. That's pretty, uh... I can't remember what I was supposed to say. <laughs> As a reoccurring role on HBO Ballers. Mark Slareth, handsome son bitch, get out here. And makes one hell of a bowl of green chili. It's Mark Slareth, and this is the Stinkin' Truth Podcast. Hey, welcome into the Stinkin' Truth Podcast. Your host, Mark Slareth, along with my co-host, Mike Evans, Scott DeHuff, producing the program. Got to thank our uh, corporate sponsor, our presenting sponsor. That's Core Water, Core pH Balance Water, Ultra Purified Balance with electrolytes to match your body's natural pH level of 7.4, where your body performs its best or at its best. A ro- uh, uh, award-winning, crisp, clean taste, uh, and wide mouth bottle. You name it, they've got it. They've also got, I mean, seriously, not only the core, just the water, but they've got this core, um, gosh, what is it called? It's like flavored drinks as well and they are delicious i mean delicious anyhow check them out 7-eleven the one with the big blue cap that's core ph balance water learn more at hydratewithcore.com and they bring this program to you the great folks at core bring it to you free of charge every week that's core water check them out at core water hydratewithcore.com excuse me that's easy hydratewithcore.com hey mike how are you buddy I'm uh, I'm better than that core commercial. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're a dick. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was uh, I was shopping the other day, uh-huh. and uh, I, I checked out, and right there in the front, yes, was the, the was the uh, uh, cooler full of of core water, and I looked at it, and I just kind of smiled as I thought of all your core water commercials. Right, exactly, right. I mean, you, you know that that that's what that's what endears you to the Core Water, you know, the Core Water, um, the the great presenting sponsor that is Core Water, and uh, and I tell you what, they have a great product. I mean, I'm I use it all the time, so I love them. There's no question. Now, speaking of a great product, uh-huh. um, the, the Oakland Raiders are not a good product. No, but N- no, but. That didn't stop them from absolutely fleecing the Dallas Cowboys. Are you kidding me? A first round pick for the underachieving Amari Cooper? Did did I read that right? Oh, yes. I, you know, it's what, here's what's crazy to me about this is Jerry Jones comes out a week ago, right? Wasn't it a week ago where he said, "Hey, listen, man, we haven't had a number one, true number one receiver here in quite some time, in years, right?" Des hasn't been that guy. We just haven't had that guy in years. And you pointed out, in a, you know, you pointed out a couple of weeks ago that, yeah, Jerry, aren't you the GM? Isn't that, doesn't that fall on your shoulders? Couldn't you have drafted Calvin Ridley this year, you know, coming out of Alabama as a number one receiver, but you didn't? Um, you know, I mean, that that was that, like that you made it. That was an astute point by you. You make this astute point that that's on you. And yet you haven't had one in years, and so now what we're going to do is trade a first-round pick for a guy who hasn't produced like a first-rounder in over two seasons. He's in two seasons. He's had the yips. He's dropped plenty of balls. I think last year he had like six hundred and 
80 yards receiving. I think he had seven touchdowns, but like 680 yards receiving. I think he's got under 300 yards receiving this year. I don't know. I Maybe maybe has one TD, maybe no TD. I mean, Mark, the average Amari Cooper game over the last year and a half, three catches, 48 yards. And you gave up a first rounder. Like, seriously, you could have gotten Demarius Thomas from the Broncos for probably a fifth rounder who's been more productive over the last two years than Amari Cooper's been. A- am I wrong? No. The, I mean, the Broncos are looking to move Demarius Thomas. They're looking to move. They want to get out from underneath the salary. Now, the one thing about Amari Cooper is I'm, I'm sure he's still under his rookie deal, and he's young, and I get all that, but a first-rounder? Now, I'm trust me, I'm not one of those guys that covets first-rounders like a lot of people do. You know, the, you know the guy, right, that has a first-rounder and thinks that every first-rounder is a franchise-changing player? You know, the guy that, that just thinks, like, if you draft a quarterback in the top five, then you automatically go to the Super Bowl and win multiple championships because he's a top-five quarterback? Blake Bortles, is that what they think in, in you know, in Jacksonville right now? But, you know, there is draft guy. Like, it, it's become a cottage industry. Like, draft guy who thinks it's a science. You know, the basement scout that can sit down there and go, oh, I'll watch this guy on the TV copy, and he's great, and he's going to change your franchise. You know I mean? You mean the ones that don't realize that the draft is nothing but a 50-50 crapshoot? Yes, exactly. So, I mean, there there is, like, I'm, I'm okay, like, giving up draft capital because I think most draft capital – you know, there's very few play- players in the draft that change your franchise. But, you know, like we've been duped into believing that first-rounders automatically go to the Hall of Fame. It's just not the case. It's a 50-50 proposition. But but, but from the, the, that ahead. standpoint, sorry to interrupt, but, but I guess uh, following up on that, then, then it, it sort of makes sense why the Cowboys did this. Look, you're in an NFC East that is very winnable. Nobody is separating themselves. So why can't the Cowboys win? They look at wide receivers being their most glaring need. And you can understand why there's some desperation that's probably set in for Jerry Jones. The Cowboys haven't been relevant for two decades. I mean, I know they're they're relevant because, you know, TV demands it and every new broadcaster that enters the business used to play for the Cowboys. But the, the fact remains, Mark, is that you know, the Cowboys on the field have been shockingly irrelevant for a couple of decades. Jerry Jones has got to be feeling that desperation, and he looks at the, the division this year and says, hey, you know what? This is winnable. We need a receiver. Let's overpay for one. Who cares? Right. I. Oh, so, so I just, like, I look at it like, could you have gotten Amari Cooper for a third rounder or a second rounder? Like, is this, is this one of those, is this like, you know, drafting a kicker in the second round? Like, oof, got to get my kicker. I'm taking Tucker from Baltimore. You know, I mean, like, hey, dude, he'll be available in the ninth round or tenth round or eleventh, whatever. Like I, that's the thing that I don't understand, Mike, is like, could you have gotten the same guy? And I get that he's 24 years old. And I get that he went to a couple of Pro Bowls early in his career. But, you know, the last couple of years have not been very productive. And he has had the drops. And he has looked like a different player. So 
maybe you catch lightning in a bottle. Maybe it re-energizes him. Maybe, you know, maybe there's a picture going around of him in a Cowboys uniform and the, the face that he's got on, like, the, it's the worst. Whoever put that together is like, that's the worst face ever. He just looks like he's miserable. Like, he's a guy that's miserable and he doesn't like football anymore. That's what he looks like in that picture. But, again, I think one that you dramatically overpaid for the guy and and then, you know, I mean, it's almost like the Raiders going, all right, you can have Amari Cooper, but, you know, we want a first rounder. <laughs> you know, trying to trying to hold back a laugh and they're like, all right, that sounds good to us. Here's your first rounder. Like they had no, I mean, they couldn't have thought they were getting a first rounder for him even when they asked for a first rounder. Could they have? I, I wouldn't have thought it, but, you know, all it took was Philadelphia to show that they were interested in two and, and Jerry you know, Jerry panicked and he's like, all right, I'll give you a number one. You know, yeah. he wasn't the last thing you could do was afford to lose, lose out to Philadelphia again. So, you know, he goes out and makes this deal. Now from the Oakland standpoint, could, when it's all said and done, all said and done, he's got 10 years on his contract. Mm-hmm. When it's all said and done, could John Gruden be getting the last laugh? I mean, he has now accumulated three first round picks. Right. And, you know, for all the talk about, you know, Khalil Mack, well, you know, something tells me the Raiders would still be a crappy team even if they had Khalil Mack. And I just got done watching the Patriots and the Bears the other day, and Khalil Mack might as well have been, you know, on a on a on a milk carton, you know, missing. Do they still put milk they- cartons missing? I don't know, but you get the point. Right. Is that still a a a split a a, 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 a space they advertise milk carton? Not area? sure. Not well, sure. Not that really De Huff doesn't th- seem to think so. He wants us to really, move. They don't really. Advertise. He wants us to move on. But what about what about Gruden? Could he? Could the Raiders end up getting the my last laugh in all this? My mother-in-law calls it an advertisement. Advertisement. Yeah. Not advertisement. Yeah, an advertisement. Do you use that word? Because you use either, not either, because you're kind of highfalutin. No, I use either. That's what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. What did I say? You said you said it backwards. I said it backwards. Yeah. That's my dyslexia kicking in. That's what what about the Raiders? Oh, sorry. <laughs> what? What are we talking about? The Raiders? <laughs> Could John Groot end up getting the last oh, laugh at all this? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, like you got a bunch of, you got, I think next year you got three first rounders, right? Yeah. Yep. Here, here's the deal about having draft capital is you don't have to pay it. Like, like. So you get three first rounders, and you get all these guys. Let's say your first guy, you know, you you got to pay him twenty some odd million dollars. Your second guy, let's call it fifteen, and your third guy at the end of the draft is ten million bucks. And and each one of those guys is is you know their first rounder. So you got your fifth round, your fifth year option. So you're talking about five year contracts where they really, in the overall scheme of things, it costs you peanuts. And if you hit, now again, it's a 50-50 crapshoot, but if you happen to hit, if you do your due diligence and you find football players and you put them in the right position, yeah, you know, you can move to Vegas with a young, dynamic team, um, you know, with, with a bunch of players that can really play. Like that's, like it could turn out to be really good for them. I don't know that you'll ever live down the Khalil Mack thing. Now he got, I think he got hurt the week before, Mike. Um, against Miami, and he's kind of playing hurt. So, well, was he out there? Yeah, if you're was out he there, playing? You got to play. You if you're out there, well, you're right? healthy. Well, you're 
you're no, you're not healthy. But no, if you're out there. You got to play well. Well, no, yeah. If you're well, if you're out there, you're expected to produce at the level that you would when you're healthy. So, as far as I'm concerned, if you're out there, you're healthy. Man, you're an ass. <laughs> it's funny how how carefree I am with right, football with players' people, health. Huh? With other people's health. He's out there. He's I out expect, there. Produce. Hey, I expect him to produce. I expect him to produce. That's, That's right. right. Sitting on my couch, I expect you to produce. I don't care if you're banged mm-hmm. up. But yeah. but isn't this isn't this starting to become more and more what we, we've talked about on this on this show? The idea that um, John Gruden's job is to put a put a smiley Chucky face on the driving down of the Raiders until they get to Vegas. That it's they're cash poor. They they weren't going to pay Khalil Mack. They weren't going to pay Amari Cooper. And so right. John Gruden is being paid to just take Raider fans' attention away from the dismantling of this team until they can get to Vegas and start making real money. And in the process, accumulate some some draft picks. Yeah. No, I think it's I think it's I think it's probably exactly what's going on, Mike. I think it's exactly kind of where they are right now. And I like you're not going to be any good anyhow, and they certainly aren't. What have they won one game so far? So it at least like at least you can at least you can energize your fan base by saying, "Look, we're going to win the draft." Like like hope springs eternal when it comes to potential, right? Right. Like people get people get all geeked up about the potential, the direction the franchise is going in when all this young talent comes together. I mean, you can sell potential. You can sell draft picks. You know, you can sell that that you can sell hope is on the horizon. And here it comes in the form of we won the draft. Woohoo! Things are looking bright. I mean, Derek Carr right now is going on a Twitter salvation campaign. I'm committed to being a Raider. I love it here. I know things are tough, but, you know, that's the way you got to build. It builds our character and blah, blah, blah. After, you know, people are just saying, hey, man, this dude uh, this dude is kind of out of it and his teammates don't respect him anymore. Now he's on the, uh, the uh, redemption campaign on Twitter like a PR, his PR team. Here's it's, what it's he just said. Him. Here's what he just said. I'm a Raider. It's not a popular thing to be a Raider right now, but I am, and I love it. I love the struggle of trying to fight back for our city when not a lot of people believe in us. People can try all they want to tear us apart, but it's not happening to the real ones. And immediately somebody responded, which city are you fighting back for, Oakland or Vegas? (laughs) Yes. Touche. Yes, indeed. So what do you now since we're talking about all this trade stuff and the trade deadline comes up uh, a week from uh today, next Tuesday, what about this Patrick Peterson stuff? Oh my god. Supposedly gosh. he wants out. Now Steve Wilkes right away said we're not trading Patrick Peterson. And right. the guy's twenty eight, he's in his prime, he's got two more years left on his deal, which is team friendly. So you see that happening? You're on the Arizona beat. Yeah. You're back there again yeah, broadcasting for, another hey, one of their games. Hey, thanks for reminding me. Man, whose um, Cheetos did you piss in? Exactly. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Are these, is this your bowl of cereal? <laughs> uh, let me just shake it off real quick. Um, I'm telling you what. Oh, I get to go to Arizona again. Hey, thanks. This is awesome. Um, yeah, how about it? I mean, it's it's kind of crazy, right? Um, Patrick Peterson is awesome. I mean, he is an awesome player. 
There is, there's no question about it. And it doesn't it feel like he's been in the league for 15 years and he's only 28 years old? Yeah. He can still run. He can do it. Like, he's a lockdown cover guy. Here's the other thing that's appealing if you're a, a, a franchise in need of a corner. Like, you look at him and go, man, you don't have to learn. You don't have to come in here and learn our defensive scheme. We're just going to play you and man. Go lock down that dude over there. Let us worry about let us worry about the rest of how we're double teaming people and who we're going to bracket and all that kind of stuff. But you know what? We're just going to go this direction. Like, how good is that? Like, that's that's awesome. So um, now, you know, the issue that you, that you get into with Arizona is they've come in and they're they're slaves to the system. Like we've been playing, Steve Wilkes told me we've been playing this system for you know a long time. It's it's tried and true, right? Yeah, okay, that's great. But you know when you implement it, and the system that was being played was very successful there, and you stockpile players that could play in the system that was pre to that was part of the previous regime, and now all you're asking all the players to adapt to a system that doesn't necessarily fit their, you know, fit their athletic profile and their mindset, um, that's pretty hard to do. I mean, Dayone Buchanan was a guy that was, you know, really good in what's the guy's name? James Betcher was their former defense coordinator. And then Todd Bowles before that, that, that were really good in that system. Now all of a sudden you're asking him to be like a two-back, a two, a two-gap linebacker. I want you to take it on with your helmet in your hands and you know, stab a, a a 320-pound guard and shed him. Yeah, he's six foot one, 218 pounds. We want you to be strong. Like he used to run around people and and they, they would pinch and 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 uh you know he they pinch a D lineman and he'd scrape over the top and he would do all that stuff. So that's not who they are anymore. No, we want you to take on the 320-pound guard, stifle him. Stand him up, shed him, and then make a tackle for one yard. And you're like, wait a minute, this 320-pound guard is eating me. <laughs> like, he's just is destroying me because I'm 212 or 18 pounds. It just has been, it's been a really um, interesting transition for, for, you know, Steve Wilkes over there. By the way, I got to give you credit. I, I I mock you a lot. I have a good-natured fun with you about your acting. Uh huh. But what the video you and Matt Patricia did <laughs> is gold. And I mean, talk about going viral. We just updated. It's got over two hundred fifty thousand views. Right. You, yeah. You, so for those who didn't see it, you got to explain what you did because it, it was it was brilliant. It, well, okay. So I'm watching film made, made brilliant by the way by Patricia's performance you, oh, you he were, was you were good but Patricia was, was amazing yeah he was phenomenal so I'm watching film you know getting prepped for the game and you're just watching Matt Patricia with that pencil behind his ear the whole you know and so I'm like watching it and I go uh, just something popped into my head something stupid you know I mean you've worked with me for a long time a lot of stupid stuff pops into my head sure. right yeah I spend a lot of time alone talking to myself so like it's just, just a lot of stupid stuff there's Trust me, there's plenty of space up there. <laughs> it's not it's not full of a big brain. I guarantee you there's there's space for rent. So I um I'm sitting around watching the film and so I text um I text our PA Jason Hurd. I was like, Hey dude, um 
bring me a box of pencils to Miami, would you? Like, didn't, no explanation, nothing. Just bring me a box of pencils. He's text me back and goes, okay, you know, raid the supply closet over at Fox and grab me a box of pencils. So he's like, all right, I'm in. So he's got the box of pencils for me. I put it in my backpack. We head over to, to talk to the, the lions. And um, Matt comes and he walks in the room. It's the first time I ever met Matt, you know, and it's all hugs and how are you, man? It's good to meet you finally. Because we had a connection through Teddy Bruschi, who he coached when he was with the Patriots. And then, of course, Teddy and I worked together forever at ESPN. So, anyhow, I go, hey, listen, man, I got a favor for you. I want you to shoot this video with me. And he just, like, looks at me, right? I'm, I know nobody's ever asked him to shoot a video before, you know, in any of these production meetings. And um, I'm like, I need you to shoot this with me. And he looks over the production at their at their PR staff. And I go, ah, it's going to be fun. It'll be fun. It's stupid. So, I explain the whole video. And I go, I'm going to ask you to give me the game plan. You're going to say no. I'm going to reach in my bag, grab a number two pencil put it out there like what if i gave you this you're gonna say no then i'm gonna give you the whole box you're gonna kind of survey the situation and then you're gonna go, okay let me give you the game plan All right and he goes okay this sounds fun so we do it one take and it's it, he's unbelievable he was like a master he reminded me like he should be on the sopranos like he was that good he was total deadpan and you know it's 27 second video or 27 yeah 27 seconds i think is what the video turned out to be I thought it was hilarious. It's just is so stupid that it just gave me much pleasure. And um, so, anyhow, he shot it. It was fun, and um, and I, I posted it yesterday on on Twitter. And like you said, over you know, over two hundred fifty thousand views of me and Matt, me bribing Matt Patricia, Patricia for the game plan uh, using pencils. And, and is that maybe proof right there that anybody in Detroit who's worried that they're just getting a Belichick clone or somebody that's just trying to be Belichick that this guy's actually his own guy. I think, I think so. I mean, there's certainly, you know, he's certainly changed things up and it's been loosey goosey there for years. And, you know, I think the, some players have not been happy with the changes and stuff, but they're a good football team, man. They've won three games. They won in Miami, tough place to play where Miami, I think was previously undefeated at home. They uh, beat new England or they beat, you know, Tom Brady, and they beat Aaron Rodgers in their three wins. And so, yeah, I mean, I think he comes in there and kind of rules with an iron fist early and, and establishes the culture and what's going to be expected of you. But he's a personal guy, a personable guy. You know, he was he was fun, man. We, we goofed around, and you can see that he's got some personality to him. So, yeah, you know, I mean, change is always difficult, especially when it's, um, you know, when it's different. Um compared to what you've had but I don't think there's any question that the guy can coach he's he is intense but I think he can have some fun too he can you know he can he can be um he can be a guy that uh that you can goof around with a little bit so uh I I thoroughly enjoyed him I thought the Lions were great in, but, in by the in way fashion. yeah the Lions were great they they obviously were very impressed by you as they retweeted the video <laughs> And they said, thanks for keeping that game plan under wraps at Mark Schaub- Schlabach. Yeah, Schlabach. Schlabach or Schlabach. It's Schlabach. Schlabach. It's, yeah, he's the, he was the college football reporter for ESPN. I, I, I'm assuming he still works there. I don't know. ESPN steams to fire people all the time. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, by the way, now this is, now this is a message for everybody listening. Um, in, in case you weren't aware, my man Mark Schlereth, to, to quote the great – Rolling Stones in sympathy for a devil. 
uh, sympathy for the devil is a uh, mark is a man of wealth and taste and so <laughs> um you you can only imagine how he felt with your your travel adventures coming back from the miami detroit game you worked in which you were actually forced <gasps> he gads to not only fly coach mm-hmm. but in the last row of the plane next to the bathroom in the middle seat oh he gads I, I and the seat doesn't recline and you know it smells like there's this like this this rich mixture of um like like the, the you know the the airplane bathrooms always have like a like a air freshener like a, a like the air freshener smell to them Over, when you first overly walk in. air freshened right. overly air freshened and then at at some point during the course of a 3 hour flight um you know it it just the, the, that smell changes like it loses its effectiveness right like you know uh I don't know. It, it like it, it's got the smell of of pine trees, right? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it just smelled like somebody took a shit in a pine tree factory, you know? <laughs> just. But you know what I like to do? I like to watch people come down the aisle and figure out like which guy, by the pace of his walk and how he's walking, which guy's got to take a dump and which guy's just going piss. Like I like, oh, yep, there's one. That dude, that dude is squeezing tight. I hope there's a bathroom open for you, sir, because I know you're close. Um, you're crowning at this point. So, you know, that's uh, that's a little game I like to play when I'm on the flight back there. And uh, I think I was pretty much 100%, Mike. Do you know I have never, ever, and I've taken a lot of flights over, I've never pooped on a plane. What? Yeah, no. Oh, no, I'm, I'm terrified of it. I, I, I will... I, I, I will How can show, you be terrified? I will, I will show off sphincter muscles... That are like Schwarzenegger-like in his prime uh, to avoid doing that. It, how, I, I'm, I'm terrified of the prospects of doing it. What if you just have to go? I don't I've have, never had to go. I have because nev- I've willed myself to not have to go. Dude, you have incredible sphincter control. Because I do not. I do not have. Here's what I love about. I can't. Po- I, I can't. I can't imagine the horror of dropping a deuce and having it just reek and then i gotta open that 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 door no 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 no. here's the thing i'm I'm petrified okay here's the thing here's here's what i'm gonna i'm gonna ease your mind here okay so first off you get into the to the bathroom and it's so the confines are so tight right i am and and my left knee doesn't bend so i kind of have to sit on usually have to kind of find an angle like i'm almost sideways and there is like i mean there's a certain because it's so small there's a certain like almost vacuum seal that happens when you sit down on the pod. And so the key is, Mike, is when you sit, use the automatic flush right there, the flusher at the same time, because that vacuum seal, it's like suction. It just sucks the poop right out of you. Like there is no smell. <laughs> like as soon as you hit it, you don't even have to push. It just sucks it out and it goes all down in one fail swoop and there's not even any smell. Now Interesting. You might, you might Fascinating. Have, right. You might have some of that blue water on your butt crack <laughs> when you're done, but I'm telling you. So you're saying, wait, wait no, this is this is actually It's like a vacuum. This thing. is interesting. So you're saying just as it's coming out, you hit the the, the vacuum flush. Yeah, just like it's just like, whoa, where did that go? It's like ghost poop. That thing is gone. I'm telling you what. 
I mean, it's poop. most of the time you don't even hardly have to wipe. You're like, this is like magic cloth, <laughs> right? Wow. <laughs> I'll think. Hey, I'll. Uh, the things I might, I might have to try that. Yeah, the things you learn. It's on why this I podcast. call you the Jason Bourne of of pooping because yes. there's no predicament you can't get out of. No, there so. is no place I will not poop. So, um, uh, how was the overall travel? Uh, yeah, that, that trip. Well, here's the thing, you know. You, and this is, and I'm being serious here, you know, like, um, you know that, that I, I go to church and I love Jesus and, and, um, and I, there's always something, there's always some benefit to things that happen to you, right? And you just have to look for the silver lining. And I have very low standards when it comes to travel. Like, I'm not going to bust on the airlines. It happens sometimes. You know, you ran across the Atlanta airport, you got to your gate, you know, five minutes six minutes before the flight took off and they had already closed the doors and they won't let you on the flight and you know some people are cussing out the agent like it's the gate agent's fault that that's their policy and you know it would been nice to hold the flight and and let us on it was the last flight of the night but they didn't and such is life you know i'm always like as long as we take off and land without a crash in between i'm good right i'm good i'll find something to do i'll find a place to lay my head so but here's the here's the cool thing so you know my son has has battled you know battled not arm injuries he's been great arm wise but he's battled some freak kind of health like he he tore his groin this year and missed the last five weeks uh, or five a five week stint in in this minor league season when he was throwing really well and you know and and, and it's been that way it's he pulls a calf really bad or twists an ankle it's been these freak accidents his arm is in great shape and so anyhow. My flight is an hour delayed, so I go into this. Uh, I go into the one of these airline club places because uh, part of my crew that I was with, you know, calling the game on Sunday was uh, had the memberships. And they said, "Hey, come in with us." And I go, "I don't have a membership there." It's oh, fine, you can come in with us. So I came in. So we have a little bite to eat. We just kind of hash things out, and I'm getting up. I got to go leave. So I'm walking out, and some guy goes, "Hey, stink," and I was like, "Yeah." And he goes, hey, he introduced himself. I'm the scouting director of the Braves. How's Daniel? And I was like, oh, funny you should ask. So I gave him the whole scenario of, you know, he had the arm problems early in his career when he was in the big leagues. And that was a two-year, you know, kind of debacle of trying to figure out the arm. His arm is in great shape. He's, you know, and and told him, you know, he came off the DL this year with a groin injury. And all started all of a sudden he went from eighty eight to ninety to ninety four ninety five again, like he, he like all of a sudden got synced up and his and like his arm is healthy had the highest spin rate in the Mariners organization that they've ever recorded on a curveball. Like I go, his stuff is great, and I know he's thirty two, but he's his arm health. He's, he's like he hasn't thrown a lot of innings. And, you know, and got to explain to some of the other situations. Like, there was three years he was really bad, but it was the three years when his wife had, you know, thyroid cancer and his and his daughter was born, had congenital heart defect and had an open-heart surgery. So, you know, there's three years in there. There He wasn't very good, but, like, he's, he's a young 32. And so we exchanged numbers, and they're like, like, we really like Daniel. And I go, well, you guys almost signed him a year ago, and so – we're back. I'm back and forth with the Braves right now, and that would I'd never bumped into those guys. I would have never been able to give them the backstory, and I don't know what'll happen, but none of that would have ever happened had my plane been on time. Hmm. So, so you know, the less I guess the moral of the story is, you know, for everybody who's going to be traveling, holidays and everything, you might deal with some of that 
that angst, just try to chill out and yeah, make the some, best of it, right? I mean, something good might happen. So uh, it was really, it, it's really cool. And like I said, I've been back and forth with the the Braves here the last uh, the last two days, and um, you know they'll and it doesn't mean that they'll sign him, but they're doing their due diligence, you know, and maybe he'll get an opportunity. So I just thought it was really. It was one of those cool things. You walk out of there and go, "All right, there is a reason." You know, there's a reason my flight's delayed, and I'm and I'm thankful for it. You know, so that's kind of where I was. You know, it it speaks to who Mark Schlereth is and your talents that you can go literally in one breath talking about poop being sucked out of your butt to talking about Jesus. <laughs> hey, Jesus pooped. That's all. That's all I'm telling you. I mean, it's you know. It's, it's, it's in it's the Bible. Not, it's, it's in the Bible. It's documented. It's, it's documented in there. It's, it's, it's in, in there somewhere. Think, it's in. It's in Luke, I think. <laughs> Maybe Acts. <laughs> we're kidding, people. We're kidding. We're kidding. No, I mean, we're kidding. I mean, he well, was maybe, yeah. he was fully God and fully man. So you know, I mean, it's not like he said, "Hey, you're gonna you're gonna experience exactly what a man experiences." Except for the pooping thing, no, <laughs> that that's not the case. That's right. That's not the case. That must have been on one of those commandment tablets that got lost. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Anywho. Anywho. Good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. Is that it? That's it. Oh man, how easy was that? That was fun. That's fun. You're going to be gone for a couple of days, right? I will be gone for a couple of days, but we'll do our. Um, I will send along my moneymaker picks, and I would like it noted to everybody listening that I went a sparkling three and zero last week to run Gosh. my overall record to fourteen and eight, while you went one and two, including a bad beat that I, Giants that last touchdown. I had two bad beats. I had the the Chargers getting a bad beat late, giving up a late touchdown yeah. in that game, and then I had Atlanta mm-hmm. having an eight point lead and giving up the the 60 yarder 54 yarder to Shepard down the sideline and then the score late to to make that a five point when it was a five and a hook so you went one and two you are uh, 12 nine and one not that's still uh, 12 nine and one is respectable respectable, it's not great but it's not 14 and eight you got a one game one what is that game and a half game and a half Three and zero. Oh, you're insufferable. I just like. So we'll do why that later. You, why couldn't you get the bad beats we'll and not that, me? Well, I saw it coming. We'll do that later in the week. All right. Well, sounds good, man. Eight, eight. Listen, thank you, buddy, and uh, travel safely. Uh, appreciate you and for everybody involved in the podcast for our presenting sponsor, Gore Water. Thank you so much, and we'll be back with you later on in the week.